The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the no-bullshit business show dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs to be more successful. I'm coming to you tonight from my hometown of Los Angeles, where it's finally warmed up a bit after being unusually cold. This program's all about helping you. So I want you to write to me, email me, tweet me, become my contact on LinkedIn, go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and subscribe to my newsletter. Tell me what you think, share your ideas, your criticisms, and your praise, and let me know what it is that you'd like me to talk about. If you're listening to this broadcast in the US, then it is a huge week this week. It's Super Bowl week. And next Sunday, the New England Patriots and the New York Giants play off for the big prize. If you're listening outside the country, there is nothing bigger than the Super Bowl, except perhaps the FA Cup final. But those of us who run our own business, we can learn a lot from these two teams they got to be successful by putting in the hard yards they began planning for this several years ago they had a game plan in the same way that we have a business plan in our businesses they determined the best people to play in every position on the team and they encouraged them to be a team to play together they coached every member of the team to hone their skills to be absolutely expert at what they do. That is not any different than what we do with each of our employees. We need to ensure we have the best person for the job. We need to continually train them. We need to send them to seminars, and we need to constantly encourage them. The Giants and the Patriots have a lot of competition, as do most of us that are in business. Now, both of these teams have studied their competition Again, as do most of us that are in business. Both both these teams study their competitions, play their strengths, their weaknesses, and they worked out how to beat them when they meet head-to-head. In business, we need to do the same thing. We need to know our competitors' strengths and weaknesses so that when we're competing for the same customer, we know how to win. Both the Giants and the Patriots have great support for their team. They have coaches, trainers, masseurs, statisticians, nutritionalists, strategists, and the list just goes on and on. We also need great support for our business teams. We need a strong board of advisors. 
individual team members need mentors. We need to be able to get as much help as possible from experienced people. Take it from me. It is much quicker and much cheaper to learn from other people's mistakes. Then the teams have a leader, the coach who works on the game and not in the game. He's able to have a helicopter view of what's happening in the whole game. And I've been saying this over the last couple of weeks. That's what we all need to do in business. We need to step back and look at our business and improve the way we do things, not get so caught up in the day-to-day action we lose the big picture. And then finally, there's the quarterback who runs the play, ensures that things get done, and who selects the best option for each play. Now, if you have a business with a number of employees, you need to have a quarterback in there to ensure that your business runs like clockwork. So when the Giants and the Patriots take the field on Sunday, think about how they got there and what you can take from their success and incorporate into your business. Again today, I'm devoting the whole last segment of the show to answering your emails. And remember, if I read your email on air, you'll receive a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. It's a step-by-step guide to guaranteeing that your business becomes a success. We've also got a couple of great interviews today. The first is Les Hall, an advertising giant who has worked extensively throughout the US and Canada and has won 32 international awards for advertising and creative excellence. We have an interesting chat with him about what will work for you to enable your message to cut through all the bloody clutter that's out there now. My second guest is a guy named Rick Price, a very successful songwriter, singer, who has just relocated to Nashville and has a new album coming out in March, and he gives us some advice on how you break into the music business in America. Now, last week we discussed a couple of dumb mistakes that companies frequently make, and tonight we're going to discuss another one. It's extraordinary to me how many companies fail to test, test, test before they take their products to market. They don't test the packaging, they don't test their advertising messages, and add this to the discussion that we had last week about Companies' lack of understanding of who their customers are, and it's not surprising that so many companies fail. You know, companies bet their destiny on arbitrary, subjective decisions. This is unfortunate for a number of reasons. We've got an obligation to put every important marketing question to the only people who count, and that's the bloody customer. Nobody else counts. The company doesn't count. If you go out of business, everybody will have forgotten about you in five minutes. I'll find somebody else to do business with. So your customers are the only people that are important. So how do we test these areas? By We test a number of alternative options to our product's appearance and packaging. We're doing an exercise at the moment where we're looking at half a dozen different types of packaging and comparing them and seeing which one performs better with the customers. You test one advertising concept against another. Test one headline against another. One commercial against another. One upsell against another. You just keep testing until you find the one that gets the best results. 
You could, you could be amazed that one approach frequently, substantially outperforms all the others by a tremendous margin. You'll also be amazed at just how many more sales or how much larger the average order can be just by doing simple evaluations and taking the best option. And the purpose of testing is to achieve maximum performance from every single marketing effort. You know, if each of your salespeople average 10 calls a day, doesn't it make sense to find the one pitch or the one package that, let, that lets them close twice as many sales and increase their average order with the same amount of effort they were putting in before? You can easily achieve immediate increases in sales and profits merely by testing. Tomorrow, have your salesman try different pitches, different hot button focuses, different package, differently priced offers, different added values or upgrades, different follow-up offers, and so on. Each day, review the specific performance. I'll try that again. <laughs> each day, review the specific performance of each test approach and then analyze the data. If a new twist on your sales approach outperforms the old approach, doesn't it just make a whole bunch of sense for every salesman to start using the new approach? Any positive or negative data can help you dramatically impact the effectiveness of your sales efforts. But don't stop at merely finding these approaches. Once you identify the most successful combination, your work's just begun. Now you start working out how you can do better and better. Keep experimenting to come up with even better approaches that get even greater results. Test your prices. Different prices often outperform one another on the same product by an enormous margin. The value proposition is the key. What's the right price for this value proposition? Sometimes the price might need to be lower. Sometimes it needs to be higher. Only testing will determine what that magic price is. I had a situation a few years ago where a client came to us with a, um, a wrinkle conditioner and they couldn't give the stuff away. And we tripled the price and almost instantly we had back orders. The problem was that people perceived it as being too inexpensive for what it was supposed to deliver. So by tripling the price, we sold a whole bunch more of it. We got back ordered and we made a shitload more money. So it makes a lot of sense. But testing applies not only to prices, but to every aspect of marketing. If you run ads in newspapers or magazines, test different approaches, different headlines, different hot buttons, different packages on top of the basic offer. Test different directives to the reader or the listener on how to respond and what action to take. And remember that if you don't tell the customer to do something, like ring now, they won't. So all that's very important. It, you must test, test, test to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Remember, salaried salesmen cost you the same fixed amount, whether they make one sale a day, three sales a day, or ten sales a day. An ad costs you the same amount of space, production time, and airtime, whether you get 100 sales out of it or 10,000 sales out of it. Therefore, it stands to reason that you've got to test different ad approaches and find those that outperform all the others because 
the results can be vastly different depending on what you do. So remember, test everything. Start tomorrow morning, go into the office, work out all the things that could be improved and see how you can do it. Now, there's no need to spend a fortune on consultants. I work with some of the best in the world and in a business called Market Force One Business Strategies where for just $2,000 a month, you get advice via Skype on any aspect of your business any time that you want it. And you can do it for just one month if you like. Do it for a month, don't get the advice that you want or you don't need any more advice, then you can stop. So if you want information on that, just send me an email to bob at bobpritchard.com and I'll be pleased to get back to you. Finally, before I get to my first guest, I'd like to talk to you again about the need for mentors. All of the really clever people that I know have experienced people around them that they ask for advice. Successful people like to help other people become successful. So if you want more details about the 15 keys that will guarantee your marketing or your business success, pick pick up a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your local bookstore or at Amazon. And don't forget to let me know what you'd like me to discuss on the program, where you might need help in your business. So go to bobpritchard.com, tweet me, email me, contact me on LinkedIn, send me a bloody carrier pigeon. I really don't care. Just get in touch with me and let's get this country moving again. I'll be back in a couple of minutes with my first guest. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To the Bob Pritchard, no bullshit, straight talking business radio show. In this segment, I interview people who have made a significant difference in the world of business. We've interviewed a lot of heavy hitters, including Tim Draper, Jay Turo, Ferris Alou, Tom Thiermo, Ziad 
Delnor. I always have trouble with that. And today we have a 35-year veteran of media, marketing, advertising, and brand strategy. Les Hall has worked all over the world, extensively in Los Angeles, Chicago, Toronto, and Vancouver. He's won 32 international awards for marketing and creative excellence. His early career was in newspapers, television, and radio, and he's owned three communications companies. With the Super Bowl coming up, and um, with all the advertising fuss, this is a good time to talk to him. Hi, Les. Welcome to the hey, show. Hey, Bob. Bob, wonderful to uh, be talking to you, and thank you for the call. For years, I've been slamming advertising agencies for taking the easy way out, putting clients into traditional media when, to me, it's obvious that it's highly ineffective and bloody expensive. Mate, this is your chance to put me back in my box on behalf of the ad industry if you feel so inclined. (laughs) Well, let me just tell you, I'm going to be really honest with you, Bob. Uh, for a lot of years, uh, advertising has, well, all of my working life, it's been my life, and I've been fortunate to have made a, a good dollar out of it, because uh, you can, so I just figure you absolutely can, but uh, to put you back in your box and say that it's uh, ineffective and, and, high, and bloody expensive, well, you know what, you're right on both of those counts. How good. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is extraordinarily expensive, outrageous. And you know what? The, the rules have changed. That's, yep. the, that's the whole issue. The, the rules have changed. And not everybody has adopted the new rules. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it seems to me that the reason that traditional advertising um, is failing or has failed is because it's monologue. It's companies yelling at you, and who the hell can yell the loudest and get the most frequency wins, and um, and you're paying for the rating of the program, not for the rating of the ad. And you know, where new media, um, at least it's dialogue. You get a chance to talk to the to your um, to the companies and and find out more information. Well, you see, the, the, the thing is, is I talked before about the rules uh, having changed, and you mentioned about the Super Bowl. Uh, imagine if the rules had completely changed and uh, nobody told one of the teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they would just be behind all game and would lose disastrously. And that is, in effect, a really good analogy, I, I believe, is that the rules have changed. These days, the world is moving uh, to an online uh, space at just an amazingly frightening rate. And what's happening is the way that it used to be was that you could target traditional media and you could, for example, you could own television or own, you know, or dominate it depending on the size of the market, where you are, whether you'd be in New York City or whether you'd be uh, down in Tennessee or in Southern California, it doesn't matter where the hell you are. Um, it worked on, on a weight of numbers. And the weight of numbers is dictated by the most popular programs on television or the most listened to radio show, like a program like this that has 18 billion listeners, I believe we, we you have now. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, I figured it was close to that. Um, you see, that would command uh, advertising uh, rates 
in the vicinity of, of Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. And, and that's why it costs now uh, $8 million for 10 seconds, I believe, on this program. But <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm kidding. But, but the message is but like... It's worth that. every penny, I might add. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, but, but here's the thing, is that because it's changed and because the rules have changed, What's happened is, is that there are now more and more mediums. We've got satellite radio. We've got more and more uh, cable TV. Consumers are given more and more chance. And what happens is, is that each one of these individual mediums has actually got less and less viewers or listeners or readers or whatever. People are moving away from buying traditional newspapers. So everything becomes harder and tougher. So you've got to become smarter. But a lot and, more and targeted. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to, you've got to um, become definitively more targeted. You've got to know, for example, if you've got a company or a product and you're talking to somebody and you know that it's got to be, it's a woman who's aged, uh, 32. The difference between a 32 year old woman in New York City and a 32 year old woman in, um, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, for example, I like chalk and cheese. Yeah, sure. Um, so so you've got to adapt as to where they are, what they like, and how you can uh, relate to them. So why don't why don't ad, ad agencies and their big clients, why can't they work this out? I mean, why don't clients say, fuck this, I'm not going to spend money in traditional media anymore. It's ridiculous. I want a whole new paradigm. Well, yeah, you're right. Why can't they, Why don't they catch on? I mean, what is it? Well, you know what, you're quite right in what you're saying is that um, there are a lot of people just like you, and I sense the frustration in, in the way that you're asking that question, who, who are saying, well, why don't traditional advertising agencies, you know, sit down um, uh, with these particular clients and brands and, and say, hey, look, you know what, the rules have changed, um, and uh, we're not going to uh, take your four million dollars for a Super Bowl spot anymore um, and the reason they don't is because they make a hell of a lot of commission um, from uh, the, those advertising and I mean Super Bowl is not a real good example because Super Bowl is still a very uh, it's very powerful yeah, absolutely. yeah it's a very very powerful but I mean if you were to look at just any uh, advertising uh, in any television program on TV at the moment then it would be difficult uh, to uh, as an advertising agency say you know what I'd rather take less money and because it's easy you know all I'm going to do is make a call to the local TV station or, yeah. or whatever and it's easy yeah. so rather to, than than sitting down and spending time be uh, and being uh, I suppose educational to to an advertiser and informing them and saying you know what in this particular instance you should not advertise on TV if you advertise on TV it's really easy for me and I make a whole truckload of money out of it however what I really think that you should do is this and uh, these days so many things online are so targeted that okay, it's let me let me lead you into that um, we're mm. told every day we should be using new media I'm saying to people every day you know use new media um, mm. you know the Facebooks the Twitters the LinkedIn's and dozens yeah. of others but if I've got a small business out there, I'm sitting in Southern California, I've got a small business, how, do I, how the hell do I know which one of these social medias to use? Because they all hit different audiences for different reasons. How do I, it's a bit like having 20 radio stations in a market, how, but at least with a radio station, you ring up, get a brochure, and they tell you why they're number one. Um, but how do you tell between 
all these new media, how do you how do you work out which one you use in which circumstances? All right. Well, well, each one is each business, each industry, each market sector is really different. But let me just snap a hold of your example. And you said a small business in Southern California. So let's be really specific, Hank. Let's let's talk about. Um, I don't know. I'll use. I'll use um, uh, well, I'll use San Diego. San Diego's, uh, okay. you know, reasonable sized uh, city, as you well know, in Southern right. California, a big hub, and it's big and diverse in terms of uh, in that it's uh, got a, a lot of multicultural influences as well. Absolutely. So let's talk about this, and let's talk specifically about, let's say, that there's a hairdresser, okay. And this hairdresser has opened and spent a whole lot of money in decking it all out with nice chairs that are comfortable, that are nice for your back and get your hair washed and whatever. Um, and uh, you, you're going to say, okay, so how am I now going to target and grow this business in San Diego um, effectively? Uh, because they're starting to think TV or radio or local newspapers or little traditional things like flyers and whatever. Now, if you were to start and you were to develop a Facebook page, and I'm just you, each example is different, Bob, but I'm going to talk to you about one here, okay? So we've, we've talked about a hairdressing salon. Let's just say you, you were to start up a local community there and you had a Facebook page and you actually developed relationships with everybody who walked in and became a customer. Yeah. So you developed a relationship. So you found out who they are, whether they were sure. um, married, whether they had children, or you know, whether they were divorced and on their third marriage, whether they, um, where they worked and whatever. Yep. Now, if you provided incentives for them, for example, um, regular haircuts are going to cost you, you know, I don't know, $20. I'm just making up that figure. I wish. But, <laughs> um, you see, this is why I shaved my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, um, however, if you were a Facebook uh, um, friend of ours, your cut would cost you half that. Right. So instantly I've got an incentive. I'm going to become your friend. Yep. So then I can communicate with you on a regular basis. I can tell you about the fact that we've just expanded now. We're going to have a massage um, uh, special on every afternoon between 5 and 7 p.m. We're going to do beauty classes on Saturday morning um, or uh, Sunday afternoon. We're going to have a cocktail party on Wednesday nights, and all of our friends are invited. So you actually form this little community. So it's very different to just advertising to the masses and hoping that you cut through and hoping that somebody comes to you. Yeah. So yeah. that's how the social media, and I mean, I've just made up a whole instant little example there, yeah. but that's how you can instantly do it. Yeah. Now, if you integrate that with some advertising, and I'm not saying for one moment that you don't advertise on... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not either. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so what I'm saying is that if you integrate that, then people kind of get a little proud about the fact, well, that's my local hairdresser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard you on the radio the other day, or I saw you in the local newspaper, or whatever. You know, yep. I got your flyer, and hey, that looks pretty good. So that's a relationship, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Then you got a friend, you know. So that's what, what online targeted, uh, and particularly social media, is allowing us to do. Okay, when, one of the things I think that um, a lot of people um, are mistaken about is that they think that new media um, because it, it, of its form is, is 
free and a lot of people think it's even cheap. Um, but in terms of creating a strategy, committing the time to it and doing it properly, it's not cheap, is it? It's, it's certainly not as expensive as traditional media, but people shouldn't think that it's going to cost them nothing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. A lot of people can say, oh, well, it's free. But in actual fact, time's money, Bob. You know yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you, and you do. You have to devote a lot of time to it. You, you, you've got to be constantly doing it. But it's a completely different methodology. You know, it's a completely different way of working on the business. I'm sure you talk about a lot of time. A lot of small, medium-sized business owners, they work, they work in the business, they're hands-on, and they yeah. don't actually get to work on it. Yeah, I talked about that last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, you see, this is where it's now changed quite dramatically. And it's changed to a point that um, it's essential that every business owner adapts their mindset. And if they can't do it, if they don't have the knowledge, Bob... Then you hire they, people like us. Please. Hallelujah. Exactly. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You just <laughs> find somebody who knows this shit yep. and, and who says... Um, okay, I can do this for And you know what? If they don't perform, they're just like another employee. You piss them off. Yeah, I agree. Okay, one last question. Mm. Would you have recommended a client pay four million bucks for a 30-second spot in <laughs> this Super Bowl? <laughs> if I was getting 10% of it, absolutely. <laughs> in all conscience, going to heaven, would you, would you recommend somebody spend four million bucks for a 30-second slot? Okay, well, <laughs> all right, let me just put it to you this way. <laughs> yeah. if, if, now here's a hypothetical then, that does make it viable, right? Okay. Let's just say, let's talk about uh, GM launching a new model, right? Yep. And uh, they know that the target uh, Super Bowl viewer of the, I don't know what the last, uh, what the figures for Super Bowl are going to be, but let's just say that they're, I don't know, 60, 70 million, yeah? Yeah, more than that, I think. Conservatively. Yeah. Yep. All right? And of those 60, 70 million, X percentage of them will potentially be persuaded to buy this vehicle as a result of seeing it um, in the Super Bowl. Um, there, It's absolutely worth every penny. It's yep. got to have an ROI. It's got to have a return Absolutely. on the investment. Absolutely. And um, that's the bottom line. But, um, you know, God, $4 million, Bob, I've got to it's tell you, I struggle with it. Buy a lot you of see, but I don't, have, I don't make the sort of money you make. That's the issue. <laughs> well, Les, <laughs> thanks for being such a great guest. I've enjoyed talking to you. Even more thanks for agreeing with me on many things. I also appreciate that. Um, if you'd like to contact Les, learn more about him, um, Go to your LinkedIn. You can get him on LinkedIn, or search for and search for Les Hall, or contact me at bob at bobpritchard.com, and I will refer you directly to Les. Bob, can uh, I just say one little thing here? A lot of people, because my name is, is Les, and, and so many people in North America they don't understand Les, and and I lived, as you know, in North America for a long time, and I learned that my name is Les Hall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that that's how my name is, is pronounced. So Les Hall, you with, can... I have trouble with Pritchard here because um, my name's Pritchard, but nobody here can say. Pritchard, I've been here 25 years. I just gave up. <laughs> well, you see, I, I just, uh, you can call me anything. Just don't call me late for dinner. That's all. Yeah. So after this short break, I'll be back with um, a young bloke, Rick Price, from 
um, Australia, big recording artist in Australia and in uh, Southeast Asia, who is now resident in Nashville and playing with the big boys. I'll be back in just a minute. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, No Bullshit Radio Show. I really appreciate you being with me today. This segment is about the business of show business. What happens behind the scenes, not the crap that you read about in the tabloids. We've spoken to actors, singers, theme park attraction organisers, writers, gold medalists, even bike racers. Today we have Rick Price a singer who has just moved to Nashville in order to crack the U.S. market. Rick grew up in Outback Australia, moved to Sydney and began working with some of Australia's top performers. Following in the footsteps of people like Keith Urban, a recording contract brought him to Los Angeles where he recorded a number of songs, one of which, Where Is The Love, sold well in excess of 250,000 copies just in Asia alone. A tour of the US and Europe led Rick to be permanently located in Nashville where he is writing and recording. His next album will be released a bit later this year. Hi Rick, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Show. Thank you Bob. I like that slogan, no bullshit. It's good isn't it? <laughs> That's good. Well, we try Very to be, Australian mate, very you know, Australian. We try to be as straight as we can be because you know there's a fair bit of bullshit floats around uh, the airwaves in the States. <laughs> now you're a successful act but essentially unknown in the US so you arrive in Nashville and you decide to live there it must be pretty daunting trying to break into a circle of established music legends and you know some of the best musos of the world are there so where do you start what do you do well I guess I've been fortunate I, I made my first record in 1990 uh, in Los Angeles uh, for Sony Records and uh I 
right from from that period, I started to make uh, trips to Nashville at various different times. And by '95 or '96, I was making pretty regular trips. So I'd already started to uh, work with writers uh, that were that had been living in Los Angeles and then moved to Nashville, or you know they were just living in Nashville. So I uh, I've kind of been getting my feet wet for 20 years, if you like, you know. Yeah, you're not a success. <laughs> yeah. So I've been songwriting in Nashville and Los Angeles for many years, um, you know, in preparation for every record that I make. You know, I, I made several writing trips to to uh, write songs for my records. So this particular uh, decision at the moment to stay here uh, has come, you know, kind of from having been here, you know, several times over the years. Right. Now, how do you go about convincing establish acts that you know have worked with all the legends around the world to collaborate with you or, or even record with you or do whatever is it simply a matter of money or you you've really got to get these people to like you i think it's uh i think it's about developing relationships i, I really believe that it, that that's the case in in nashville and and amongst the songwriting scene because a lot of what i'm doing here is songwriting yeah. I I have a uh, you know more of an artist career in Australia and Asia where I'm I'm known, so I I go back you know uh, a couple of times a year to tour in Australia and through Asia, but uh, really what I'm I'm doing now is uh, is establishing songwriting relationships with a lot of different uh, people, and you know some are even Australians uh, you know and some are very established writers here. So it's about, uh, I think, you know, certainly, you know, if I approach a songwriter that I want to work with, I have to send him some material that I've already written, you know, uh, referring to my albums or whatever. So they get an idea of what I do and, you know, we kind of take it from there. So, you know, and often in the songwriting scene, it's about word of mouth, you know, uh, you know, let's write with this guy, you know, he wrote that song. Or you, you know you work with this guy or that guy, and and there's a it's a it's a kind of a you know there's a there's a community of writers that that collaborate and talk to each other all the time. You know, so it's word of mouth, which is still I think the most powerful and reliable source to get your information from. It's the best way to do business, no matter what you do for a living. Do you find yeah. that um, the established um, artists in um, in Nashville want to help? young talent come up or are they busy protecting their ass so that <laughs> they get knocked No, look, look I think I, I have found a lot of generosity you know uh, in in Nashville amongst uh, artists you know Keith is a Keith Urban is a very generous guy you know he's uh, he's very open to uh, you know young people coming up and assisting them however they can you know mm. but I think there's also a limit to how much an artist can do because Really, what's behind him are, you know, managers or believers, people that have dedicated their time and energy to his career to help him to get where he, where he is today. And I think that, uh, you know, like often I'll get a call from, from artists that are trying to get established and there's a limit to how much I can do to open a door, yeah. you know, um, or, and there's a limit to what Keith can do or, or somebody else. But, uh, you know, I think it's about encouragement and uh, and sharing your own story of your own path of how you got to where you are. Uh, 
uh, that often helps, you know. But generally, I think people have got to get in and, and really find their own way. So how do you raise the funds for living and hiring studios and getting musos? Can you survive on local gigs in the US or do you need to go back and do your Australia and Southeast Asian tours where you're a star and get the big bucks and then build up a nest egg and come back? Yes, it's the latter. I need to go back to Australia for regular trips to, you know, to perform and make money to fund myself uh, being here. Um, it's not something, you know, like, uh, I don't know, call me in a year's time, maybe I'll have had, you know, someone will, will have recorded one of my songs and, and I'll, I, I won't uh, need to be doing that for financial reasons, but I'd do it anyway because, uh, you know, I, I love going home to Australia. My, my son, my granddaughter, my family are there. Uh, so, you know, I, I need to, to go home for, to make re- regular visits for that and to perform. Yeah. So, yeah, whether I'm doing it for money or not, I'll always go back to Australia, and Australia will always be home. But, uh, yeah, I do need to do that, and I think most people do. A lot of songwriters that come here, uh, say from Australia, that want to be just, you know, get into being an artist or a songwriter, or both here, will often have to take a job here. Yeah. Uh, writing cables, whatever you, whatever it's going to be, and songwriting part-time until they can start to make... Uh, generate income from it you know and that's that's not an easy thing today because the record business has you know sort of completely changed so record sales are way down and uh it's harder for songwriters to get uh to get income because they need to write the song not just the song on an album anymore that doesn't count the songwriter's got to write the actual song that is a single off the album for that particular artist, and it, they get paid via the amount of spins on the radio. So that's how it works these days. Gee, that's 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 a different different scene than it used to be. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of young writers that I talk to when they talk about Henry Nashville, they don't know that. They don't know that that's how it works. You know, album cuts don't don't make you money really anymore. So let me let me ask you a question that you can either answer or not answer. Um, most of our listeners are. are in business that um, isn't connected with the entertainment business, how how do you make money? You write a song and yeah. it's recorded by you. How do you make money? And how much money can you make? Just to give us some sort of parameters. And then you write a song and it's recorded by somebody else, um, and it becomes a hit or whatever. How do, how does that money thing work? What do you get so much every time it's played, or whether you wrote it or sing it, or how, how does that? breakdown thing happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. You uh, you write a song, so when a song sells, and when I say sell, I mean, uh, you know, when it sells on iTunes or somebody yep. buys it in a record store, yep. that money is divided up between the artist who yep. performed it and the songwriter who wrote the song. And, you know, the record label, the record company that owned the master recording. You know, so in a general way, would say Bob Pritchard wants to record a track, he wants to do it with Sony Records and uh, and and I write it. Yep. So the song gets sold, I get my piece as a writer, you get your piece as the guy who sang it, and Sony Records get their piece as the company that paid for the recording, so they own right. the master. Okay. So that's about pretty much how it works. Okay, so if, you, if you've got a record that sells 
half a million copies. What sort of money would a songwriter make out of that? Oh, well, you don't have to tell me. Don't have to tell no, me your most secrets. You know what? I don't know if I could just give you that figure off the top of my head, but I know that uh, you know a figure that's bandied around quite a bit in Nashville is that you know that a hit song, a hit a hit song is still worth a million dollars. Right. Uh, if it gets a lot of airplay, because that's where that's what makes a hit song to begin with. Sure. Uh, it's the amount of spins, you know. And when you think about all the radio stations that are in America compared to Australia, sure. If you have a number one hit on the Billboard charts, not just say in country music, but you know, on, on in the pop charts as well, and if it crosses over. Uh, you know, to both those markets, then, you know, it's a lot of money. So often that song will be written by, you know, the artist, uh, which is the best scenario, or it's written by a songwriter and, or two or three. And so, you know, a hit song can, can generate, uh, Good money. you know, quite a lot of money. And, you know, at least a million dollars, yeah. So these days... Okay. So these days where um, you're not selling a lot of records, is it important then to to develop a sort of a big fan base to you know be active on social media and YouTube and all that thing to to really build a a, a fan base? Is that how you get known? Yes, I think it is. I think YouTube's a very powerful you know uh, thing because you can get your music out and heard. And sometimes it can go, you know, viral, and uh, and a lot of yeah. people start to hear your music. Might be a particular song, you know, or an interesting video, or something like that. And see, that's the other way uh, that you make money. It's not just through the radio. Yeah. Uh, with something like that, if it gets enough hits, you know, then and people are exposed to that song, and that can lead to to download sales. You know, even if it never ever gets on the radio, you can still uh, you know, make a lot of money from the song. I guess the other options to become a support act on a big tour, right? Yeah, well, I think for for uh, artists that are coming up, that's the thing. You want to be, you need to be heard, so you need to uh, get in front of people. Uh, and you know, big audiences. Well, it can it can make a difference, or or, or not. I think ultimately now the business has come back to to song and music and artist-generated, uh, you know, things become popular through those channels. Um, the big record companies no longer have as much power to control the chart or airplay or people's interest or visibility of an artist. Sure. Now, there's, a, there's the Internet. You know, if something takes off on the Internet, it can, uh, it can just be massive. What's so the yeah, social media is important. What's the title of the new album, and when will it be out? Well, uh, the new album will be out. Uh, it's released officially in in March in Australia. Right. Uh, the album title is called "The Water's Edge," which is the opening track. Uh, it's kind of a song about you know remembering when you were a kid, and uh, you know just being being running uh, through the water and, you know, where you don't have a care in the world. You know, that's sort of the innocence of childhood. So, yeah. Mm. Well, Rick, thanks very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I look forward to catching up with you for a beer in LA sometime soon. Now, if you want to um, find out more about Rick, 
go to www.rickprice.com.au and I'll be back after this short break to answer some of your emails. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Radio Show. It's coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. Due to the great response we've been having from you, the final segment of today's show will again be totally dedicated to emails and answering your questions. The reason I think that this segment's so popular is that irrespective of the size of your business, no matter what you do, we all have the same issues. We all have the same challenges. It doesn't matter whether you're in retail, a plumber, a painter, or running an auto repair shop. So even though I may be answering an email from an owner of a factory that makes lawn mowers, the answer will most likely also apply to you in your business, irrespective of what you do. So don't forget, if I read your email on air, I'll send you out a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blast Blitz, Your Competition, And this will give you 15 invaluable keys to make your business a success. And my first email today is from Alan Johnson in Sydney, Australia. Alan, that's my home away from home. I've got a place there and I love it. Um, I don't get there often enough, but um, nevertheless, it's midday there on Wednesday, so you're probably listening at work. Alan writes, Dear Bob, great show. I've listened for the past few weeks and the information you provide is great. I run a small printing business, and with the slowdown in the economy, companies have cut down on their printing, which has resulted in a big slowdown in sales for us. It's not just our company, but all of our competitors are really feeling it too. Apart from that, I've got a question for you. How many Aussies are there on radio in the US? Well, I'll answer the second part first. That's easy. I think I'm it. I don't think there's any other Aussies on air over here, but um, I'm not sure about that, but I haven't heard of any. 
going back to your first part of your question, even in a slowdown, there's still a hell of a lot of work out there. You know, if the market retracts by 20%, still 80% of all the work that was there before is still there. Um, and so now's the time to get active and start being creative. Get off your ass and go out there and get it. I mean, there's plenty of business. You have to take it off your competitor. But it's still out there, and you've got to create new offers, generate new ideas. Um, I've got a friend who's a printer here in the US who hadn't cold called for years because work just kept coming in when times were good. And when the slowdown happened, it was much worse here than it has been in Australia. So despite being the boss and having, I think, you know, 15 employees or something, he began going out and knocking on doors. On the very first day he went out and knocked on doors, he picked up six jobs. And that kept, got him back in work and their clients said he's going to keep through the good times and the bad times. So, the, you know, the problem is that when business gets tough, people sort of resign themselves to it now and say, oh, well, shit, it's hard, it's hard out there, so I'm not going to go out and do anything. You know, you, you've got to get off your butt. Let the competitors go out of business. You've worked too hard, too long to um, to go out of business. So you've got to be creative. You know, remember when mad cow disease hit the UK? One farmer offered his cows as billboards. Remember seeing it on the news? He had billboards painted all over his cows. <laughs> well, that helped pay the bills. Now, that's, you know, pretty clever idea. So you've just got to get out there and get amongst it. Now, the, um, and it doesn't matter what you are or what you do, this information works for every business. So irrespective of the nature of the business or its size. I've got another email from Alison Toomey, who's got a graphic studio near Chicago. Alison writes, thanks for your show. It's a great help for small businesses like me who can't afford to hire the expertise that you provide. I also brought your book and I'm loving it. Your interview with Rick, the graphic artist, last week was terrific. We are often forgotten or at least seldom acknowledged as part of the advertising industry, yet I think we're very important. Rick is very well established with global clients, but for somebody small like I am, how do I get my name out there to get work? Thanks for your help. Alison, that's a common question. The first thing to do is to make sure that all the businesses in your area, particularly advertising agencies, the PR companies, all have your portfolio. Then phone them, speak to them personally to the most appropriate person, and sell yourself. And not only in your media area, but go global. Um, Last week when I spoke to Rick, um, I was looking for a graphic artist and I heard that this guy was, was great and fitted in exactly with what we were looking for. So um, I went looking for him to find him and I actually found him, well, despite the fact that he's American, I found him in New Zealand. So the client's in England, I'm in Los Angeles and I found Rick in New Zealand. So um, it's very important that you um, go out there hunting uh, another email I received during the week is um, from Victor Landau, who doesn't say where he's from, but he says, uh, I heard of, of the very interesting interview with Scott Mullen, the motorcycle road racing champion uh, last week. Being a motorcyclist myself, I found the interview very interesting and entertaining. I would enjoy hearing about how he uses his success on the track to build his business reputation. 
thanks, Victor. I spoke to um, to Scott after the interview, and I'm pleased to be able to give all our listeners Scott's information. Here it is. Scott's business name is Sohegan, S-O-U-H-E-G-A-N, Valley Motorsport, Motor Parts, Milford, New Hampshire, and his web address is www.svm-nh.com. Now, we here at the Bob Pritchard Radio Show are all about helping small business. That's it for me today. This is Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to being here with you again this time next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.